to Hitting Play, the podcast where we review, analyze, and discuss shows, movies, and other curiosities. I am Scott, and joining me again this week, a couple of Terrigen Misties, Kevin and Sarah. <laughs> We're back! Yeah! <laughs> we just can't escape this. Uh, and we intended to watch the entire premiere of Inhumans, both episodes, and talk about both of them, but there was just so much in that first half that we broke it up, so this is part two, and don't worry, we will not bother you with any more Inhumans after this. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it might get really goofy. But uh, now we are going to cover part two. Those who would destroy us. The critics! <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, as we mentioned uh, in the last episode, written by Scott Buck, the show's creator, directed by Roel René, part two of the premiere, technically uh, a second episode, premiering on the night of Friday, September 29th, 2017. So if you didn't catch our first half, please listen to that, because we'll get into the, the uh, history of the show, the history of these characters, and how we got up to this point where we're beginning here. So, yeah, listen to part one before part two. Especially for that parental flashback scene. <laughs> Why? <laughs> okay, so at this point now, when we return, uh, we, we just had this whole uh, lead up to this scene. The royal family of the Inhumans are now split up on Earth, except for Crystal. She's being held prisoner on the moon by Black Bolt's brother Maximus, who has now usurped the throne of Adelan. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody else is pretty much scattered around Hawaii, or Oahu more specifically. And so we open on Gorgon. He's on the beach. He's screaming for Triton, who had presumably perished. You know, it, like we mentioned in the last episode, an aquatic inhuman happens to fall into the water, and we're supposed to presume he's dead. It's like, there's no way. So... Gorgon swims, but hooves are not efficient flippers, and he begins to sink. And you think, well, he's going to drown, but no, of course not. <laughs> I, I wrote down, Gorgon, do you not understand water? And then I remembered, oh, wait, they don't really have rivers on the moon. So, well, maybe <laughs> maybe he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, he's probably like, wow, this is the biggest TV I've ever seen. <laughs> Gorgon sinks, but he is rescued by some kindly surfers who bring him ashore. It's like... Okay, you know, that's very nice. But later, he's on the beach just relaxing with some beers, hanging out with these surfers <laughs> who somehow are familiar with Inhumans. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of chalked that up to the whole, you know, the you know the water supply and the fish and all that stuff. It, so there's now Inhumans kind of all over the earth. I kind of chalked it up to that. Yeah. Not necessarily that... It's what they learned when they were in school, but it's something that I think everybody knows about it. Yeah, because yeah. I think it, I think it's supposed to sort of be taking place uh, around the same time as all the stuff that's going on on S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, as we talked about in the last episode, they really count on the fact that you have been keeping up with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So we're to assume, oh yeah, Inhumans are in the news. You know, this is everywhere they're talking about this. And that's why even these surfers that, you know, spend their days on the beach, even they've heard about, you know, the uh, the Inhumans or the Terragenesis changes from the contamination and all that stuff. And they're just, yeah, like, oh, cool, you're you're one of them. Yeah. To which he responds, no, I'm not. You're them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, we cut back to the uh, Space Control Center, 
And uh, the scientist here, this is Louise. I think this is the first time we get her name. She discovers energy pulses that are centered around Oahu that are tied to the moon. And she feels they are undoubtedly related to the hoof she saw for a split second on the lunar rover footage. What? That's quite the stretch. <laughs> but it makes sense. I guess. I caught, I thought of it as like, she really is like putting in the time, putting in the effort in realizing these things like. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose, yeah, I mean, there was what, four like measurable energy things on the moon and then almost at the exact same time as each of those there was a simultaneous one in hawaii yeah so i mean she had data to kind of support her theory and they're just like no we think you're a little nuts and uh you need to go take some time off no you know what was nuts that guy's eyebrows (laughs) (laughs) hey come on he was george costanza's boss first note those eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a signature look. There's no yeah, mistake. It was like him. the rock. But I love the idea that and and again, yeah, you guys are right because here's something crazy happening at the same time they saw like maybe a hoof slam their rover. So what yeah. what are the odds that two weird things are going to happen at the same time or two types of weird things are going to happen at the same time on the moon? So sure. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll buy that. But I just love the idea of the boss being like all right, you know, you need to take some time off and you're, we're relieving you of this. Do you remember, since this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you remember when Loki opened up a dimensional rift and the Chitari came down out of the sky and the Avengers had to fight them in New York? Uh, yes. Weird stuff has happened already. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as we've already established, there's Inhumans on Earth. We've we've also seen Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like energy readings. Oh wow, you're losing it, lady. Yeah. So and she was so quick to agree to step down or take time off. She didn't really fight about it. No. Although I don't know. Do you think she was? I, I think she's like, all right, I'm not going to get anywhere staying here. I'm going to go find out for myself. That's kind of the vibe I got from yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But it just seemed to be. She has everything in her hands there, the research tools and stuff, but she was just like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. I'll take some time off. (laughs) We have to assume it's a paid leave. (laughs) Right. So, uh, as we saw in episode one, Karnak ended up on a rock ledge and fell, even though that doesn't seem too consistent with his power set. Maybe in the show he can be caught by surprise. Uh, So, we next... (laughs) Cut to Karnak waking up at the bottom of a cliff with a bloodied head. And he starts to use his powers. So we see all the, you know, lines and everything, kind of map out everything. And we even see the cardinal directions in some sort of compass that he's sensing. And he begins to hike. Yeah, and at this, this is where it actually shows, you know, the outline of the path that, you know, like on the ground, hmm. which... Why didn't it work before? <laughs> right. Again, this should have been Gorgon. He should have been the one to accidentally stomp and crack the cliff and fall down. But okay, whatever. So he's hiking. It's like it's almost as if they took all these characters and they're like, everybody needs something to do. So let's split them up. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we'll just make Karnak hike. And like Gorgon can sit around on the beach. Like they had nothing to do <laughs> For these characters, or they had nothing for these characters to do. So we next cut to Medusa 
on the tour bus that she snuck onto in the last episode. And she kind of looks over at the guy sitting next to her and she notices that he has a pocket knife. So, okay. They're very much telegraphing that. And uh, she also ends up crying here in this scene. Back on the moon, uh, we have Maximus's loyal guard, Oren, and she brings a tray of food to Crystal, I guess from the Adelan cafeteria. (laughs) (laughs) And Crystal uses her power to shoot the food. And then they have this standoff and Crystal ends up backing down. So her powers are that she can remotely overcook food? (laughs) Is that what it is? (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to ask you, what, what did you think of her powers? They really don't define them here. I think I missed it. Like, I remember the fight, but I didn't think that was, like, a power. Yeah, because she's across the room, and she kind of just, like, points at the tray of food, and it bursts into flames. Yeah, laser fingers. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. (laughs) She's Jubilee. (laughs) (laughs) Jubilee's way better. (laughs) They don't have the rights to Jubilee. (laughs) I mean, I remember the fight, obviously. we Because that's, that's where uh, the girl drops, like, the comm link. Yeah, I thought they were yeah. just... Because she came in the room that she just turned around and was like, nobody... I mean, nobody wants to come... Like, don't come in my room. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fight you. I didn't think it was a... Uh, this is my power, so I'm going to use it. No, yeah. no. She was, like, completely across the room when that happened. That's why I thought it was part of a fight. Yeah. Huh. Now, see, it's a defense mechanism. Your brain is blocking out chunks of the Inhumans. I guess so. (laughs) Yeah. And and so in the comics, Crystal is supposed to have like elemental powers, powers of nature. You know, she can, you know, use the the powers, I I guess, of the the same kids of Captain Planet or something. You know, I don't know. But (laughs) so I guess we're seeing fire in that in that sense. I did notice she has a really nice like mowing sink in her room. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she's even like at one point listening to uh, like an iPod or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because she didn't have her comm on. We know that Zunes exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm not going <laughs> to yep. spoil that for anybody. But, you know, so evidently they, they somehow have that connection to Earth. Hair clippers, uh, MP3 players, nice fixtures, IKEA furniture. Very strange. So like you guys mentioned, we get this little mini confrontation. And Oren's Fitbit, or Comlink, was left on the floor. Crystal picks it up and uses it to contact Medusa. Now, when she talks to her, Medusa senses, oh, this has got to be a trap. She's too smart to leave her comlink behind. So Medusa says goodbye. She crushes the comlink on the floor of the bus so she can't be tracked. The whole conversation in the bus, it's a bus. Yes. Nobody else on that bus (laughs) is like, there's some strange random girl on talking to herself because they can't see the com, the Fitbit thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're just like you know it's every day some st- we pick up strange people all the time <laughs> what is she talking about oh something about how many calories she burnt probably <laughs> <laughs> i hit my goal steps <laughs> and, and why not throw the comlink out the window at that point yeah right. like she knows it's a trap but it's a tarp <laughs> It just, it, I don't know. I mean, I guess she feels crushing it is sufficient, you know, enough to make sure it can't be tracked, but come on. But so, it does get tracked. Yeah, yeah, it's enough. Like, she cracks it enough that she can't use it, but evidently whatever, you know, beacon is inside of it is still operational. Uh, so here we get a commercial break. Now, 
when we return, Gorgon, still on the beach with the surfers, hanging out, having a good time, waiting. And eventually, I guess maybe they ran out of beers or whatever, but he's getting sick of waiting. So one of the surfers tells him, hey, if you're a fighter, you should bring the fight to you. And it, it's it's funny. Originally, I was thinking, you know, it would be great if they did like almost like a 30 minute sitcom like spinoff where they had like Black Bolt and like some other like really chatty Spider-Man or or Deadpool, you know, like yeah. together. That would be hilarious. But now that I think about it, I think the surfer guys and Gorgon would, that's my new pick for a <laughs> 30 minute like spinoff. Just, just them hanging out, getting into, you know, all sorts of shenanigans. Oh man. <laughs> That'd be funny. Well, it's like, you know, you know, those one shots, those Marvel one shots they would have is like, oh, that'd be perfect. Yeah. Just the Inhumans should be that like have these little scenes spread out through amongst the DVD sets. Uh, we don't really need to see this in prime time or in IMAX for those that actually paid to see this. I don't, I, I can't understand people wanting to go to IMAX. <laughs> well, you know, it's a Marvel production. How could it go wrong? <laughs> it went very wrong. <laughs> I know, we've already gotten, what, hour and a half plus? And we're yeah. still yeah. not done? <laughs> nope. So yeah, so we get this scene, like, even like the characters are commenting about how much they're just sitting around. And, uh, oh yeah, bring the fight to you. So, back on Adelan, Maximus takes out his Fitbit as he gets contacted by Gorgon. Uh, Gorgon's like, you know, you're a traitor, I'm leaving my comlink on in case you want to find me. Did you see the look on Maximus's face when he said? It was just like, oh, poop. <laughs> Gorgon, you know, at least is considerate enough to tell the surfers, you know, you should leave. Trouble's coming now. And the surfers are Trouble's coming. We're making a show called Inhumans. <laughs> no, no kidding. But the surfers, uh, like, they want to stay. Like, this is their beach. And uh, I think even one of them says, hey, who doesn't like a little trouble? This is a guy that can smash the ground <laughs> with his hooved feet. Who knows who else is coming for him? Really? What are you going to do? Like, smash a corona over their heads or something? I mean, <laughs> they don't have many weapons. So, anyway, that's where Gorgon is. Uh, from here, we briefly cut to uh, Louise, the uh, astrophysicist or whatever she is. Uh, we cut to her rocket-covered apartment, you know, because of space. <laughs> <laughs> and she's she's gathering her things, including a little rocket... What is it, a necklace or a keychain or something? I think it was a keychain. Yeah. And she leaves. But I just love the idea. Like her, I'm like, is this her office? No, it's her apartment. It's It looks like I both. thought it was her office to begin with. Yeah. But I think there's a bed in there, right? I thought it was her apartment. Well, either way. It, it, it could be. Well, no, she left with a box, didn't she? Yeah, she left with some things. I don't but know. she was going to Hawaii, so it could have been research stuff from her house that she was bringing oh, with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, I'm guessing that's what it is. Although, why not a suitcase? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a box with no top. So, uh, we next cut to Karnak, still hiking, <laughs> and... <laughs> He approaches the bloody stain where he originally fell off the rock ledge. So he just made this giant loop, and now he realizes something is wrong with him. Really, they had nothing for these characters to do, so much so that Karnak is literally just walking around in circles. Yeah. That's gotta be so disappointing for him. Just like, okay, this is, you know, I can see the path that I'm supposed to go, so I'm gonna go. Oh, wait, it just brought me back to where I was. 
Yeah, I mean, his powers, it's not like his powers don't kick in. They kick in, but they're just telling him the wrong thing. So that's like even worse. Right. Right. We cut back to Adeline and Maximus is ordering Oren to transport to Earth to, quote unquote, take care of the royal family. And he wants her to bring them back or kill them, but kill Black Bolt and Gorgon. <laughs> and uh, she decides to go alone because, as we've seen, she's, you know, a very tough fighter. But she steps into this room where Olmec, I'm sorry, Aldrich, the stone face, opens a portal in his wall for her. What would you think of this character? <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is, okay, is is Eldrak also part of like the monolith thing from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Because that, that was like a Cree thing, I think, because th- th- I thought they used that to like go through like the portal to like the other planets or whatever. Oh, see, I don't know. I'm not caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It made me think of um, Asgard. The guy Heimdall, Hemdall, like, because that was kind of similar. Because yeah. that guy would take them where they needed to go. That's what. That's I was like, are they are they the same? It's not the same character uh, or the same actor, but right. yeah, to, same kind of idea. Yeah, to me, it seemed more like like the monolith or the pit or because remember they went uh, to that other planet and that's where. Um, like Ward died and then came back mm-hmm. um, as Hive or whatever it was. And Simmons was there. Yeah, yeah. Like they they went through like a black. It was it was like a monolith thing that like turned liquid and then like they walked through it to like teleport basically. So yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to look at I'm looking up a list of Inhumans to see. I just looked this up. Okay, here here's the uh, the full story. Eldrak the doorway. That's his name. <laughs> <laughs> He, uh, he first appeared in Fantastic Four 577, May 2010. So he's not even an old character. Uh, so Olmec did <laughs> predate Eldrak. I'm wondering if that had something to do with his name. Th- this is what the wiki says on him. He started as an inhuman politician. When he was considered irrelevant, he was forced into Terragenesis and became a large architectural structure resembling a giant robot head. He became attached to Adelan, and his mouth is now used as a transport to send people wherever they want to go. So. Oh, see, that would have been much cooler if they like had it if they had to go like through his mouth, you know, almost like the bird things in Super uh, Mario, Super Mario 2. Two. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, uh, that's why I was thinking he must have been originally, you know, somewhat human, and then went through the transformation because didn't she mention something about like this better not hurt or I'm gonna kill your family or something? Yeah. Yeah. So he had family, and I assumed they weren't like the rock biters from Neverending Story or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so back in the episode here, Aldrich kind of smirks, you know, when she says this, and he kind of opens up the wall below his face. You know, like you said, we don't get the in-the-mouth teleportation, which would have been funny. And he teleports her to Earth, but inside of an old rock wall where she's kind of encased from the knees down. So I guess, I mean... Can he teleport her anywhere, or is it like a rock-to-rock teleportation? I wasn't sure. I thought he was just being silly. Yeah, I mean, because he smirked, like, yeah, I'm going to get you. Yeah. But the weird thing is, like, I didn't get at first that she was encased in rock, because it looks like she was just standing behind a rock wall. Like, that's how it looks like they staged it. So I'm like, (laughs) what is she doing? So uh, she takes out her blaster and shoots herself free. But uh, I thought that was kind of funny. 
So anyway, uh, we cut back to Medusa on the tour bus, and she rushes off as it approaches the visitor center. The bus parks, and, and Oran unfolds her comlink. This is the part we've been talking about. Why does Oran have a better Fitbit than everybody else? I don't know. Maybe she got it on Black Friday. She waited in line. <laughs> She's able to pinpoint exactly where Medusa is, even though her Fitbit is crushed. And uh, so she runs off to find her, and we cut to commercial. So at this point, the show goes into a commercial break. So why don't we take this opportunity to take a commercial break ourselves? We'll pay some bills, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Jimmy. And I'm Reginald. We couldn't afford ads individually, so we just went halvesies on this one. Summertime is approaching. The sun will Pennies, soon be shining quarters, and the birds will be chirping. We have them Takes everywhere, don't my days working Especially on my family farm, picking only the finest work, strawberries no from my grandmother's famous strawberry jam. Overflowing with change but now, fast you can enjoy meal. the same high-quality so fruit and marshmallow spread without having to endure a season's change worth of farm work. And covered in with my product, you ate that Jim's like grandmother's strawberry jam. strawberry marshmallow stuff they sell now. You see that stuff? It's it's downright nasty. Hey, could you keep it down over there? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Anyway, was I? Uh, what makes my oh, yeah. grandmother's strawberry so my, my jam so special? My business cleans your spare wow, change. It's covered with a layer of marshmallow to topping with a buttery taste but that man, puts all national leading brands to so shame. Disgusting. I'd rather eat any of the leading national brands. I mean, if we're talking Excuse jam or jelly, it isn't grape the only flavor anyway? Uh, whenever I eat toast, hey, what are you I, doing? I'm doing my ad. Why are you over here? I, I can hear what you're saying over there. Listen, this is very expensive. Yeah, Let's just go you punched my eye. And we're back. Okay, so when we return, we see Black Bolt continuing to walk the streets of Honolulu. It, uh, this is where, you know, he was teleported to at the end of, towards the end of the, the last episode. And he's making all of these comical faces and he's noticing that his black leather suit does make him look a little out of place. Especially in Hawaii. Meanwhile, like, yeah, he immediately is like, yeah, I don't fit in. But Medusa's like, yep, this is everyday wear for me. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you know, his expressions, like, just with his eyes are, like, very, you know, it's great acting, you know, considering he's not saying anything. Visually, he's saying a lot. Yes. And, Why? Uh, <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> No, but it's funny, yeah, but have you noticed there's kind of a, a tonal shift, kind of dramatic tonal shift here. Black Bolt, you know, the stone-faced king of Adelan, very powerful. We see the pain in his life and the, the chaos and, you know, his current situation. Now he's making, like, goofy faces, and we'll yep. get a little more in this next scene where he goes into the boutique. Mm -hmm. it, it was just kind of funny. I mean, he did a great job. It must have been a very interesting job to take, you know, knowing that you're going to act without speaking, so you got to really use your face. But he almost became the comic relief now. For the second yeah, episode. You really see, you know, he's kind of holding his mouth closed, like, while he's going through these scenes and, and acting and just <laughs> really overacting with his eyes. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's it's obvious he's, like, forcefully, like, intentionally keeping his mouth closed. And for good reason, obviously, given what happened. Yeah. Why? <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering about that, too. Is it, like... His vocal cords, you know, like there's the X-Men Banshee, you know, where he has the sonic scream, but he can talk normally. Uh, can Black Bolt whisper? You know, I don't uh, think no, so. No, I don't believe so. He can't That was whisper. my... No. I had that as a note. 
I'm like, what? Which, what if for... he gets sick? Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah, if he coughs. Yeah. Sneezes. Well, I mean, we do kind of see that even you know just when he gets punched and just kind of like reacts like, ugh. Even that's enough to <laughs> do a bit of damage. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, can he do like Morse code fart sounds? Can he do something like that? Or is it anything that comes out of his mouth? Come on, that would make a much better show. It would. It would. Anyway. All right, so this is where we get like the comic relief, like even more so. He walks into a high-end clothing store and uh, this this was pretty funny. Uh, this is where we get uh, ELO's Don't Bring Me Down. Yep. Not a cover. Not a cover. No, the actual one. Yeah. That was uh, quite strange. You know, as we talked about the last episode, we get two very slowed down dramatic covers of classic songs. And this one is just a straight up playing of the original recording. Yeah. So what did you guys think of the uh, the clothing boutique scene? I absolutely love this scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't speak English. You're not from around here. But no. here, let me help you out. Yeah, and again, yeah, very, like, just the expressions and stuff. Like, like this scene and uh, another scene that's coming up are, <laughs> are the, like, you got to watch the episode for these scenes because they were great. <laughs> but, yeah, like, like Sarah was saying, the employee is trying to talk to him. And he's, you know, not able to speak back, but he does understand. She assumes, oh, you just don't speak English and starts picking out clothes for him. And he's like going along with it. And of course, picks out a blue suit for him to wear. It's got to be, got to be blue, like his blue and black costume in the comics. It's, he's got to stay thematically, you know, on point here. Mm-hmm. But it was Yeah, just... well, it can't be purple. Although Medusa's purple. They could I match. was just going to say, they could match. <laughs> But I was just waiting for, like, the Roy Orbison to kick in. Where I thought we were going to get this, like, pretty woman montage of him trying out <laughs> different clothes. Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> they might as well have gone for it. They probably could have gotten away with it, too. <laughs> yeah, because who was watching at this point? Right. right. <laughs> Only us. Uh, so he gets the suit on, seems to like the look. You know, he's making, making faces like, hmm, okay. Mm. And uh, he walks out with the suit. And the security guard tries to stop him, but he, what is it? He just like breaks his hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like pretty rough. And so I was thinking about this. I'm like, really? There's like, does he realize what he's doing? Do they not understand the exchange of, you know, goods for currency or goods for services? Does that that not exist on Adelan? <laughs> I mean, they they've got their pool TV thingies, so I mean, they obviously can see what's going on on Earth. So they. <laughs> They must understand. What an entitled little brat. <laughs> oh, thanks. I deserve this. And no remorse. Not like, you know, making expression like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, or anything. He doesn't feel bad. He's just like, yes, I am I am king. I take this. Yeah, like he even did like the finger wag. Yeah. Yeah. He stopped by the police in the middle of the street, made to get down at gunpoint. I guess was the description of the perpetrator given to the police when she called? Because he's just like, I guess maybe the fact that he's walking down the middle of the street kind of tipped them off that something's up here. And I mean, maybe they recognize him from before when he was in the middle of the street. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's right, because there were there were cell phone videos of him, right? Right. Yes. But he wasn't apprehended there. 
And so uh, Black Bolt just like flips the cop over so easily and then starts to handcuff him. Like, yeah. he understands handcuffs. Maybe he gets CSI on those pool screens. <laughs> so more backup arrives. He's running down the middle of the road, like straight down the middle of the road. He's surrounded, and this is where they start to beat him up with clubs and everything. Yeah, and you can see, like, as he's getting hit, like, he's, you know, getting hit and, like, trying really hard not to, like, make a sound, basically. Hmm. But it's the whole, don't tase me, bro. Yeah, that kind of. <laughs> when he does let out the oof. Yeah, just that small, the slightest grunt, and that sends out a shockwave powerful enough to blast a police car and send it flying. That uh, that was a big sequence for uh, this show, because that was in all the trailers and commercials yep. and everything. You know, really, it, it was kind of cool. You know, it gives you a, a glimpse of what his powerful potential is. We saw the why when he was a kid. <laughs> we don't really get too much of his powers. And that, that's how you do it. You know, you kind of tease it along. Yeah, I mean, what was kind of funny about that was like, okay, so after that happens, the cops don't really seem to be like, holy crap, that just happened. You know, they just still keep going after him and just start hitting him even more. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, you know, he tried to restrain himself not to <laughs> exhale again. Right. Yeah, we're supposed to get the sense he's a good guy, even though nothing has supported that up to this point, you know? But, yeah, he's he realizes, like, okay, you know, I gotta, you know, keep this under control. And he pretty much lets himself get apprehended and dragged away. Mm -hmm. So, uh, back on Adelan... We see that the boy that went through the pterogenesis in the first episode that had the seizures and the visions, his name is Bronaja, and he's now Bronaja the Seer, and he is brought before Maximus. And uh, he tells Maximus that he hasn't had any more visions, but just as Maximus touches his hand, he convulses and sees the genetic council gathered together, plotting Maximus's death. So I'm guessing that... The kid can only see Max's future? Kind of seems that way. Yeah, is that what it is? Or is it whoever touches him? Because remember, the genetic council oh, member... Oh, the river. Yeah, was seen in a river. So maybe it's like whoever comes in contact with him? Or close yeah. contact? Because remember, he patted him on the back. That wasn't really like skin-to-skin -skin contact. Right, yeah, because I was, I was just thinking that. Like, he did that. So maybe it is skin-to-skin. -skin. Yeah. Wasn't there a show or it wasn't the, the Dead Zone, that Stephen King thing? Wasn't oh, that about yeah. that? Oh, yeah. That was a good show. That kind of went Anthony off. Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, that, that show started out good and then kind of went off the rails. <laughs> Wait, which one are we talking about? Dead, Dead Zone. Dead Zone. Oh, okay. Not in humans. <laughs> in humans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they don't really set it up well as far as how his powers kick in, but it seems to be whenever Maximus is like patting him on the back, touching his hand. So I'm guessing that's what it is. Skin to skin. I'm guessing, even though that's not really what happens when he first gets it. Yeah. But, all right, so whatever. <laughs> so so Maximus knows something's up. You know, these guys are gathering together behind the scenes trying to get him removed. So uh, we next briefly cut to Louise arriving in Oahu. And she gets into her cab at the airport. And in the cab, there's like a little video screen. She sees news footage of Black Bolt's arrest on a small screen. So, I guess she's really putting two and two and two and two together here. <laughs> like, I don't know why she would know about Black Bolt, but I guess this is all kind of tipping her off. Like, all of these crazy things are all happening at once. Here's something else connected to Hawaii. So, this has got to be the source of everything. Again, I'm 
I'm inferring this. I have no idea. But <laughs> the show is not telling us. <laughs> so uh, back on Adelan, Maximus crashes this impromptu meeting of the genetic council along with some armed royal guards. And yeah, pretty brutal. The council wiped out as Maximus walks away. Yeah, it was pretty gross. I mean, you know, nothing on screen. This is still no. a TV PG right. production. But yeah, Maximus is really uh, doing, I guess, whatever he feels he needs to do to stay on that throne. And so from here, we mercifully get another commercial break. <laughs> so when we return, Maximus offers Crystal one more chance to change her mind. And he threatens Lockjaw's life. Uh, he mentions here, this is... A little weird. This is a little more backstory. He mentions that her parents were killed by his parents and that she should understand how he feels. Did you guys catch that line? I did, which kind of made me think, wow, okay, like, that's Medusa's sister, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that means that Black Bolt's parents killed Medusa's parents. Yeah. I was like, so, I mean, they must really love each other for <laughs> for to stick together after that. Right, yeah. I mean, the in-laws really did not get along. No. No. Yeah, very strange. But that's all we were given. You know, no, no more backstory. You know, it, it, we weren't even really told too much about Black Bolt's parents being king and queen other, you know, than the Y scene. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so just giving us these little bits of information. So from here, we quickly cut to Black Bolt being booked at the police station. And then we cut to Orin finally approaching the visitor center. She's still tracking down Medusa. So she enters the empty bus looking for Medusa. The poor bus driver here. Bye-bye, bus driver. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's like, hey, what are you, you know, like, you can't be in here. The first time he says that to somebody, he should have said that to Medusa. Right. Now he notices when someone's intruding. <laughs> Too late, though, because, yeah. That's it for him. And inside the bus, she finds that crushed comlink. And Medusa was waiting behind the bus. She wanted to fight whoever was coming for her. It's like, why? Why now with your missing hair? You, those are your powers. Right. I didn't get that. I thought she was going to leave the comlink on the bus and just flee. You know, go towards where cars were, because that's probably where Black Bolt might be. Yeah, because, I mean, she's, she's not that... I mean, she's an okay fighter, but she's not that great of a fighter without her hair, you know? Yeah. I thought it was a good fight scene, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, she has the ability to fight. She's holding her own against Orin. Yeah. But I just thought it was, just, I don't know. I, I thought the whole point was the Inhumans got to get together as quickly as possible. But no, she wants to fight. Who knew? How did she know that Orin was coming down? It could have been somebody else with crazy power. It could have been Projector Head, you know? Could have been any of the Inhumans coming for her. But she was ready to, for the fight. And of course, they set that up with her looking at her uh, fellow passenger's pocket knife earlier. It was an almost railing kill. Yeah. <laughs> Except he went into the dumpster. That's right. As they're fighting, we cut back to the police station. And Black Bolt, again, with great knowledge of handcuffs, is somehow able to remove his. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't understand how the cops didn't search him. And take oh, it away yeah. from him? To take his Fitbit away, yeah. Oh, that too? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because in this scene of the episode, we're cutting between Black Bolt being booked and interrogated and Medusa and Orin fighting. So he removes his cuffs. We cut back to the fight. Oh, this is this is where we get the stabbing, where Medusa's just stabbing Orin with the knife uh, over and over and over again. 
And we cut back to the police station and Black Bolt, even though he took off the cuffs, you know, they're all freaking out. He's like, you know, calm and he's cooperating and they realize this. Yeah. <laughs> and they start yelling, he's cooperating. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how he's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to go over there, take my picture and, you know, do your thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. He has such personality in these scenes now when he oh, had it's... none earlier. Yeah. Right. Could that be because that's how he has to be in Adeline? I guess. But remember, he was so, like, he wanted to be away from Earth. The people of Earth, they're going to come for us. We need to stay protected. Here he's like, oh, yeah, I'm cool with everybody on Earth. Yeah, hey, guys, I'm just going to go over here. Like, you'd think he would be, like, so on guard and scared, or, you know, like, did, would not want to communicate with them, want nothing to do with the people of Earth. He seems cool with everything. Yeah, I mean, he definitely doesn't seem... Okay, yeah, I'm getting arrested for this, and he does definitely doesn't seem to be <laughs> concerned. I mean, granted, if he wanted to escape, all he has to do is say, bye. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it rhymes with why, it's okay. Right. <laughs> I, now, he must not be affected by it, too. The sound? No, I mean, I it goes so. out, I understand right. that, but there has to be some sort of, like, sound as a wave, so... It bounces off the wall and comes back. Not if it blows the wall out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. true. <laughs> but yeah, you think the force would like make his head like snap back or something. Yeah. But evidently not. Again, these are comic book characters from the 60s. Just don't let him burp. <laughs> or yeah. sneeze. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, he's on Earth now. He's got to deal with all sorts of like new allergies that he's never <laughs> like dealt with before. <laughs> <laughs> this Colin is killing me. But yeah, th this jail scene was awesome. <laughs> it was it was really fun. Yeah, he's he's cooperating, getting his picture taken, but they all kind of just walk away, and th they let him take out his comm link and communicate. Yeah, yeah. It's like no one. I mean, this guy flipped a police car with with his voice. You know, if they even put two and two together, but they know he did something to cause that kind of power. That display of power. And they're just like, all right, he's cooperating. Got other stuff to do. But it's enough that Medusa can call him and tell him that uh, uh, she gets like some dramatic thing. Like, we will hang Maximus from the highest wall and yeah. all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, like talking about like killing him and like, you know, we'll kill anyone who gets in our way. Like, yeah. keep it down. I'm at a police station. <laughs> <laughs> now, from this scene, we cut to Maximus visiting the mines on the moon, the, the dirt mines. <laughs> so he seeks out Bernaja because even though he's a seer, he still is relegated to mining duty? Yeah, that's kind of weird because, you know, they've figured out that he actually has some sort of ability. But yeah. So I don't understand why he's still down there. Unless he's down there visiting his parents or something? I don't know. I don't know. And then his parents were like, here, you need to be put to work. Like yeah. when we try and get Reese to empty the dishwasher. Just right. doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, so he, he seeks him out, finds Bernaja, and he promises that, uh, and, you know, talking to everybody down there, you know, that Black Bolt's meritocracy will soon end and they will all play a part. Bernaja will see the future and he, Maximus, will build it. So they, they don't even get freed from the mines right away. Like, Maximus is still like, well, why don't you keep digging for a little while? Yeah. <laughs> So from here, we cut to a scene where Maximus addresses the people of Adelan, you know, via the Albert Brooks Simpsons dome. And 
<laughs> gives a, a very long-winded speech about the king abandoning them. Again, saying that Black Bolt fled. I mean, is anybody buying that? I, I mean, I guess they are. Yeah. And uh, he's, you know, talking about the new future ahead. And as he's talking, there's a, a little bit of a montage here. First, we get Crystal. She's still imprisoned in her Ikea-furnished room. <laughs> looking at a picture of her parents that she saved in a book. I'm guessing this is, like, just a royal scrapbook. Everybody has snapfish. <laughs> uh, we, we also see Lockjaw, who is still asleep. You know, we saw in the first episode... Uh, Crystal was going to use Lockjaw to teleport away, but they had to take him out. So somebody used their sleeping power and, uh, yeah, Lockjaw is still out of it. So like, you know, in this montage, we're seeing where our characters are as episode two ends, which is also the premiere, you know, so they want to just kind of tie it up. So you see kind of a, a check-in with all the characters. And like we talked about, giving these characters nothing to do. So we see Crystal... Stuck in a room, just looking at pictures. Lockjaw, still asleep all this time. We get to Gorgon. He's still waiting around with the surfers at night. <laughs> like even <laughs> the surfers are hanging around. That fight that he was waiting for never came. Then we cut to Karnak, and he's just lying there. You know, he walked in circles, and that's that's where he is. Yep. Medusa, sitting on a park bench. <laughs> She's got no place to go. She's just sitting there. And Black Bolt, our lead, is being led into a jail cell. He's just sitting there. Everyone is just lying around or sitting around. Every one of our main characters. Like, really? So, uh, also a nice little moment. Black Bolt looks through the bars of his cell. Up at the moon. The, yeah, sees the moon. <laughs> Good night, moon. <laughs> Good night, cow jumping over the moon. <laughs> or actually, since it's Black Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We don't want it to turn into prison break. <laughs> Can we so, talk about prison break? <laughs> yeah, actually, I'd really rather. Let's, let's erase this episode. Yeah, we're still a little behind on that, though. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. Same guys. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> So uh, we cut back to Adelon, and everyone's cheering Maximus's words, and uh, Black Bolt is just back on Earth looking, you know, fondly at the moon above, and we get a commercial break. Now, when we return, it's the very end of the episode. It's night, <laughs> and we cut back to Orin. Remember, she was stabbed like a million times in the stomach, wakes up with a loud gasp, and she pulls the knife from her stomach, and we see her powers are being used to heal her wounds, and she calls for backup as dramatic music plays, and we fade to black. So, evidently, we you know, this whole time, we never saw Oren's powers being used. We just knew she was, like, a very skilled fighter, but that doesn't necessarily have to be your powers, because we saw Medusa go toe-to-toe -to -toe with her. But evidently, <laughs> Oren can heal, like <coughs> Wolverine. <coughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's where we leave off our Inhumans premiere. Everyone is just lounging around. <laughs> I was watching the show and doing as much as the characters. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> they're they're resting up for the rest of the series. <laughs> I hope so. It's like I said, it's on my DVR, and maybe if we get a really, I mean, it would have to be a really good Blizzard. I'll uh, I'll finish it up. <laughs> All right, so that finishes the Inhumans premiere. So, Kevin, Sarah, what are your thoughts now upon watching episode two 
and watching the whole premiere, episode one and two. What are your thoughts of Inhumans? Well, and keep it clean. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely potential for, I think I said in the last episode, you know, there's potential for pieces of this to actually be good. It's, I don't know, I, I'm I'm hoping that the rest of the miniseries is better than these two. Yeah. But, I mean, there, there was definitely bits and pieces here and there that were enjoyable, but definitely other parts that it was like, oh, man, this is kind of sloppy or, like, this is kind of hacky, you know, writing or not that great acting um, <laughs> <laughs> or all of the above. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean... I'll watch, you know, the next one to kind of see what happens. But it it kind of felt like they rushed these two. But Sarah was saying, you know, they just what they started filming it in April or something. February. February. So I mean, it kind of seems like the whole thing was kind of rushed. Yeah. But it was something they had been planning for years. Well, they were planning it for years initially as a motion picture. Yeah. And then changed gears to make it, you know, a mini series. Which I can't imagine how they would have crammed all this stuff into a movie. Oh, it had to have been rewritten, I'm sure. Yeah. You know. Well, you know for some TV shows where there are multiple plot lines going on. Right. But one episode may have more of storyline A going on with it than storyline B. Oh, yeah. And then, like, you know, these two episodes... Showed everything from storyline A and everything from storyline B. Through Z. Exactly. <laughs> so it was like, I mean, I, it kind of goes back to the last episode where I said it was definitely a setup one. Mm -hmm. But now that we're in episode two, yeah, we're just, we're not left with any sort of cliffhanger. We're just. Sitting around. Exactly. Like. <laughs> he already fell off right. the cliff. <laughs> yeah, there is no cliff because they're yeah. off it. Like, I don't know. It just, it, it'll be interesting to see where it can go. I'm sure I'll watch all the episodes unless it gets really bad. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I'm kind of curious, but it's not at the top of my DVR list. Yeah, same here. And like you guys said, so many, I you know, we're taking really the scenic route because... Here's this plan for a movie. Now it's a show. And so instead of Lockjaw bringing everybody to the same place, okay, guys, let's assemble and plan. You know, what are we going to do? Now it's like, oh, we're in different parts and we have our own thing. And how are we yep. going to get together? Like, they're, they're apart. Then they got to get together. So it's I think we're really being strung along here. And when you can go, go back to, like, elementary school when you have a fire drill and everybody has a plan on how to get out and where to meet. Yeah. And they don't have anything like this for them. <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's true because Black Bolt sent Triton to, you know, a specific place on Earth. So they have the ability to do that. They should yeah. have like an emergency meeting spot. That's a, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and not to spoil it for you guys, but it, at the very end of episode two, they do show a, like, coming up on the Inhumans, and apparently there is action. They don't just continue to sit around. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I would imagine that it has to pick up, but just the way they had to drag it out. Mm, yeah. It's like they, they dragged it out, 
but there almost wasn't enough information at the same time. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So much of this episode relied on us watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., getting that whole backstory. Uh, the Kree are actually going to tie into Captain Marvel, which is coming up. Mm -hmm. uh, they also already have tied into the two Guardians of the Galaxy films. But really, that look at the Kree, at least in the Guardians of the Galaxy, really doesn't tie too much into this. It's mainly what we've seen already in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But, you know, this is supposed to be a companion piece to all those other things, rather than its own strong, standalone property. I mean, it's re it really shows, and maybe some of it has to also do with, like you said, the rush production, the significantly reduced budget. Because if this was a movie, I mean, you're talking, you know, really good special effects. Right. Pro probably Marvel would give it to, you know, a top director and writer. You know, they would probably go through a bigger selection process, I guess. I don't know. But I don't know. I think it would be put into different hands if that was the case. And again, I'm biased. Because I like the X-Men, and there were those rumors going around where it's like, yep, this is definitely Marvel's push to put Inhumans ahead of X-Men because only because they don't have the rights. You know, in the comics, the Inhumans fought the X-Men, and Cyclops got killed off. You know, one of the, the main X-Men that's been around since the 60s. Like, how could they? He got killed off? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I missed that one. Yeah, like, they killed off a lot of the X-Men, uh... Wolverine just Wolverine's, came back. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, Wolverine came back for the first time in years. Uh, so, you know, maybe they're starting to learn their lesson. <laughs> I'm guessing. <laughs> but for me, personally, Inhumans did not work. It, fortunately, there was enough so bad that it's good in here that I was cracking up, you know, and especially like commenting to you guys as I was watching it. Yeah how funny things were in this. So I, I did get an enjoyable experience out of it. So if you're the type of person that enjoys really schlocky superhero type of properties, movies, shows, you might get a kick out of watching this. But that's the only way I can recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> There's enough pieces, like I mentioned before, that like I'd love to see, uh, assuming they just decide, wow, this was a disaster. We're not going to do anything else beyond this miniseries. I'd love to see them kind of pull the good pieces into other properties. Like bring, you know, bring Karnak over to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, I, I think that would be cool. I yeah. can see that fitting in there. You know, Black Bolt or Lockjaw joins up with, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy or something. <laughs> Rocket <laughs> and Lockjaw and Groot. That would be funny. There's no actor playing Lockjaw, so that's cheap right. enough. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that. You know, this is all supposedly pointing in the same direction towards Infinity War. And we know it's already crammed with Avengers and Spider-Man and Guardians. There's only so many. I mean, how hilarious it would it be to just say, like, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are now showing up. And here's Lockjaw yeah. and Daredevil and Luke Cage. <laughs> you know. And Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> uh and who's that? Oh, Jessica Jones is in, coming in on a skateboard. You know, it's like, <laughs> everyone's showing up. So, I mean, obviously, it's not going to happen. But, I mean, we even thought at one point, Daredevil might show up in uh, Civil War. How, how great of a scene would that be? Where he's getting arrested and has that scene with Tony Stark like he did in the comics. That would have been awesome. But so far, we haven't seen the real mix of TV and movies, except for Coulson. But he started in the movies, you know. 
Yeah, no, and there was a little bit of crossover with uh, with Thor and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and Nick Fury did make a cameo, but so far I don't think we've seen it backwards. We haven't seen TV show up in the movies yet, right? No, I don't believe so. Just kind of like halfway mentioned. They can drop references all day as yep. long as you're not paying an actor to do work on a movie set. <laughs> but like I said, you never know. Black Bolt might be running out screaming at Thanos at the end of Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> then I wouldn't know how to feel about that. Until then, we're stuck with the... Uh, this is a very interesting story. This is right out of the comics, too, by the way. Maximus trying to usurp the throne. You know, that's who this character is. So at least they're being faithful to Lee and Kirby. But, ah, uh, this isn't really working for me. All right, and that'll pretty much do it for this episode of Hitting Play. As always, you can email us with your comments, suggestions, why, whatever you got for us at <laughs> hittingplayshow at gmail.com. Or you can talk to us on Twitter at Hitting Play. Uh, you guys have anything you want to plug? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at One Wall Cinema. Uh, you can also find the Mystery Science Theater commentary stuff that my brother and I have done uh, at gumroad.com slash onewallcinema. And uh, my kids have some YouTube videos, uh, kids unboxing stuff, and you can find the link to that in the description. Very good. Uh, I am on Twitter as well. My name there is MC and Friends. You can also find me on Instagram at MC underscore and underscore friends. Uh, if you listen to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out, and if you do, you'll get a shout-out on the show. For Android users, we are also available to stream in our download on Stitcher. We can also be found on TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music, and we can also be played on Alexa-enabled devices as well. Uh, if you have a Roku device, you can download the TuneIn Radio channel and set Hitting Play as a favorite, and you can stream us that way. And if you really want to help us out, we have a Spreadshirt store, so you can buy a t-shirt with the Hitting Play logo, as well as some other merchandise, and that is shop.spreadshirt.com slash hittingplay, and there'll be a link to that in the description as well. Well, we have been Sarah, Kevin, and Scott, and this has been Hitting Play. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> hey Alexa, why? <laughs> <laughs>